Coming up on today's Redskins Tweet Team podcast, I'm joined by Tweet Team founding member Maurice Hawkins and Charlotte Redskins fan and organiser of all the Charlotte meetups, Jonathan Osman. Enjoy the show, guys. And remember, yes, we can still say it. Hail to the Redskins. Welcome, everybody, to today's Redskins Tweet Team podcast. And this is episode number 11. Today, I'm joined by Tweet Team founding member Maurice Hawkins and a Jonathan Osman. He is the uh, Charlotte Redskins fans organiser. He organises all the meetups for the, uh, the good fans down there. Uh, good morning to you guys. I know it's really early for you. Thank you for joining in the podcast. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Obviously, it's, it's, it's been a hectic 24 hours, uh, shall we say. Um, Maurice, I'll obviously come and get your initial thoughts. Me and you have spoke many, many times on this issue, but it's now happened. The Redskins are no longer going to be the Redskins, no longer going to have the logo. Uh, what's your initial thoughts, my friend? I think it's just a, uh, it's a big it's a big transition. You know, I think, I think I said on Twitter, like for 37 years, you know, I've been a Redskins fan. I've, I've been a loyal supporter of the team, you know, never ever considered rooting for another team or, or wanted to, you know, was proud of the traditions of the, the Washington Redskins and, you know, that, you know, it's coming to a screeching halt uh, effective yesterday. So uh, Definitely a bitter, a bittersweet time to be a Redskins fan. I know a lot of people are disappointed the way this process materialized, but I think now that it has happened, we just kind of have to pivot for, for, um, forward towards the future and hope for the best for the franchise. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, coming to you, Jonathan. Obviously, you're down there in Charlotte. Organized, you've organized a lot of Redskins meetups, a lot of stuff for the uh, for the franchise over the years. I mean, what did you think when you heard yesterday's news? So the, our fan base was pretty mixed. I would say we're mostly on the side of that they were disappointed. Understand that Charlotte and the South, really, the Redskins were the team of the South. It was the southernmost team in the NFL for a very long time. And so if you're somebody who grew up, if you're of a certain age, you grew up with the Redskins uh, because, the, the you know, the Dallas Cowboys didn't come into existence until the 60s. Um, you know, and you didn't really have like the expansion. So, I mean, on TV every week was the Redskins. And so I think for a lot of fans, they saw this as that they lost something, uh, almost like a death of the family because it's like the one constant. And, and I'm sure too, you know, culturally, this is like a death of, uh, you know, of a lot of deaths that are happening right now, because there's a lot of things that maybe they've been, dealing with in their life that they thought was okay that is now no longer okay and they're having to come to terms with that and some of some folks are taking it easier than others um me personally i i i'm ready for a change um you know i grew up in the dc area i've been a fan for you know over 30 years and um so i you know i've never been somebody that really thought really anything about the name um but, you know, as um, in the last few years, as kind of learning more about kind of you, know, you go to training camp, you see the guy that stands outside and he protests and um, you go to the games and there's been mounting protests. So, you know, I've kind of looked into it and try to see, like, OK, what, what are these guys on about? You know, is it just like I just want attention or what the case may be? And, and you know, when you look at you look at kind of their main complaint was hey i don't want to be your icon anymore like you're not 
you're not uh, doing anything for us. So take us off your um, your team. And so I, I, I kind of I get down with that. Like, I, I understand what they're where they're coming from. Like, I would feel used myself if if I were in the similar position where my image and whatever was being used, even though it was, you know, an, an image that was also, you know, of a Native American uh, you know, by a Native American, you know, with probably, you know, good intentions, but times have changed. Things have changed. So it's, it's ready to move on. And I'm, I'm kind of ready for the future, ready for something different, ready to start winning again. Really. I think the biggest thing. Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on it there. I mean, you said like, you obviously you're ready for change. I mean, obviously over social media, the last 24 hours, it's, it's, it's been a bit crazy. What do you say to the fans and that you might have some down there in Charlotte that, uh, what do you say to the fans that say now the name's changed, they're done with the franchise, that's it, they're not going to watch anymore? Yeah, I've seen that, and I am confused by that because what really changed? Uh, an icon, a name, a nickname, really, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and I don't understand, you know, so you're, you know, were you just a fan of Redskins? Were you just fan of something that riled everybody up? And and you really weren't a fan of the team because if you were still a fan of the team, you know, Dwayne Haskins is still our quarterback. We we still got Chase Young, we still got Ron Rivera as the coach. Mm-hmm. What really has changed here? Uh, we we still have three Super Bowls. We've you know we've been to four, um, actually five. Um, five. Yeah. So I mean I I don't I I really don't understand the. I won't be a fan. And I see that it's more so reflexive, less of that. The name is no longer Redskins. And some of that is like, they're also, you know, usually upset by a lot of the social change that's happening. And a lot of the social change that the NFL is trying to put into place after they just so, you know, completely mismanaged and completely, uh, the whole Colin Kaepernick situation, and now they're trying to go the complete opposite direction with it, with the you know the two national anthems and 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 issuing apologies, and and so I think a lot of that is sort of reflexive of that that um, this change, you know, because a lot of them, they, you know, some people may also feel like, hey, you know, the the Kaepernick was was wrong in what he did, and. And so now seeing that that was wrong and what they relied to like, okay, this is now like a bigger issue that it, it kind of stems from all of that. Yeah. I mean, Maurice, and what do you say to, obviously I've heard over um, Twitter and Facebook and people have texted me, you know, there seems to be a common denominator as well that some people now are, are pleased that they don't have to defend the name anymore. You know, they're like, like um, Jonathan said, he's ready for the change. He's ready to move on. We've still got Dwayne Haskins. We've still got Chase Young. We've still got Ron Rivera. You know, we still are the team. What do you say to like the folks out there? Go, oh, thank God. You know, I don't have to defend this name anymore. I can just, you know, if for argument's sake, we become the Washington Warriors, you know, we can just be a football team and we can just, like Jonathan says, hopefully get back to winning ways. What do you say to them people, Maurice? I mean, I think those folks uh, have um, a valid... um... A valid feeling. I mean, I, I think that going into a football season and you don't have to be in the epicenter of a political debate, you know, about the name of a team where you can just simply enjoy watching football. I mean, I, I think that's a relief to that, you know. I mean, again, you know, I, I, I'm, 
I have on it because again, you know, I understand I understand why the team name changed. I understand the social pressures that were applied to the Redskins um as it relates to the team name. I understand the climate that society is moving towards as it relates to social justice, racial justice, you know, equity, so on and so forth. Um I mean, you know, I I, I was a proud Redskins fan, you know, I, I did my research but I didn't think the team was disparaging in any way, but you know, I'm not a Native American, you know, and I'm not someone that looks at the team and has a different vantage point. So I think you have to be respectful of different vantage points, but also think that just being a fan again and, um, you know, just rooting for the team, it's a good thing. And then, and I just thought about this last night. I mean, one of the good things that's going to come out of it is that, you know, Nike is really, really good at designing uniforms. I mean, if you, if you look at what they've done with the University of Oregon and other teams, um, you know, I think with Jonathan's spot on, like, you know, one could argue that it was time for the Redskins to have a rebrand. I mean, the brand had taken a significant hit. I mean, between the name change debate and all the losing and, and all the mismanagement with the front office and all the drama there, you know, the brand of the Redskins really took a massive hit. It wasn't your father's Redskins um, that we grew up watching in the, uh, the 80s and the early 90s. It was so, your great great. It was your grandfather's Redskins that was owned by George Preston Marshall that lost yeah. for 20 straight years because they yeah. wouldn't they didn't have integrated players. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a delicate situation. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm, I've, you know, I've, I've gone on social media and said, don't get me wrong, I'll always, we'll always have our history. I'm always, I've been proud to be a Washington Redskins fan, but I'm kind of like Jonathan, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking forward now. We have no choice. What do you do? You either look forward and go with the team or you get off, you get off the ride that we're about to go on and you, you know, you, you miss out. You could potentially miss out on a lot of good things that, you know, we've got a really good coach. We've got, you know, some really good draft picks coming in. Dwayne Haskins is looking good. I mean, hopefully the future, like you say, if, if, if like I said to Doc uh, Walker last week on the show, and he mentioned to me, if we win on the field this season and the next coming seasons, Jonathan, this all goes away, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of a winning organization? Like, that's how you build a fan base. But you think, too, you know, for for a significant number of fans that I know I'm aware of, that you know, they grew up Redskins fans like I did, but then their kids come along and they opted to put them with the Panthers because <laughs> they didn't want to have to deal with the whole Redskins in the name and all that. And so, like, they were uncomfortable by it. So they were, like, kind of, I'd call them, like, closeted Redskins fans. But now they can come out the closet. They can come out and and support whatever the name is, if it's Red Wolves or Red Tails or beavers badgers doesn't matter like <laughs> they can be that fan because they were always that fan like they were always watching they were always quietly rooting and you don't like that's not how you build a fan base like mm-hmm. you, your fan base at, at least here now granted you know we're we're competition for the for the panthers but like my radio station still broadcast redskins games every sunday like it, it, it it's still very much a redskins market but I mean, our demographic's a lot older, and and I think that you you can't build a fan base that way. You need a fan base that's excited. You do that by winning. You do that by having something that's not divisive, mm-hmm. and um and, and and I think they've got the right things in place. 
um, Ron Rivera is an amazing coach, and I hope everybody gives him a chance. And I hate the fact that his before he hasn't even coached a game or even coached a practice, you know, he has to deal with this stuff. And I and I hate that it, it kind of puts him in like an unfair situation because he's the one. If you don't like the name, now you're going to be like, I don't like the coach, mm. and that's not fair. Like he's not there to pick a name. He's there to coach these guys and get them on the field and give them the best they can. And he'll do that. Like the, the reason he's not here in Charlotte, the only reason he's not here in Charlotte is because Dave Tepper wanted his own guy and every owner wants their guy. Mm-hmm. And the guy they got is not Ron Rivera. Let me tell you, it, 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 he may work out, but I don't think, you know, it's going to be a while. This is a, this is an amazing coach of men and will lead this team the way that it has not been led. Probably Shanahan, but definitely since Gibbs. Since Gibbs was here the second time around, this is this is what you're getting in this man. And this is why Joe Gibbs stood up for this man and said, Dan, this is the guy you get. So fans, I, I you know, I, I hope that they we can put this whatever we're gonna be called aside. I guess we could talk about whatever. <laughs> <laughs> not name yeah, but i hope we get to, i hope we can just like all right fine we're gonna be the nameless and support ron and and mm-hmm. and his and his amazing coaches because i think whenever we do get on the field whether it's this season or next season the the product is going to be something that you're going to be as fans you're going to be really really proud of because he he worked here with a team with a bunch of no-name players with in, in salary cap hell constantly because their GM, Marty Herney, couldn't figure out a salary cap to save his life it's to the point where he got fired and then rehired because they hired Dave Gettleman and he was even worse. Um, but, I mean, he, you had these situations around it, and he took a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there is something there about this guy that is so special that comes along once every once in a while. And uh, I think we've got it, and we got to stick with them. And I hope that the fans give him a chance. I hope Dan gives him a chance. And I hope if Dan's not, um, you know, leading this team anymore, whoever he it is in place gives Ron a chance. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan, what do you say then to the people? I mean, I listened to 980 yesterday. I listened to it most days. Um, a few people have tweeted it. Actually, quite a few people have been on Twitter tweeting me about this subject. What do you <clears> say to the people that uh, they're of the opinion that Ron Rivera wouldn't have taken this job had we kept the Redskins name. I don't think that was the case. He knew what the name was when he signed up. He knew that there was not going to, like, that was not even on the the radar uh, when they were uh, looking for a coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the biggest issue that, that you know, you had here in, in Washington wasn't the name. It was who your general manager and president was. Yeah. And then that once once he was gone, uh, now you know he's been given this like really way uh, way too much power, but not not in a bad way. But like I think they've put so much responsibility on him um, to kind of rebuild this organization, and that was kind of what they said they were going to do. Like, okay, this is Ron's show; Ron's going to take care of it. I don't think they intended you know to, to throw all this on him. But I mean, he's handled it, um, and uh, we'll see. You know how it goes forward from here. But uh, no, I, I don't think it had anything to do with the name. He knew what the name was. I mean, he 
He played, um, you know, for another historic team in the Bears. Uh, you know, he he even mentioned during his presser, you know, look, I know what I'm getting into. Like, I I respect what's happening here. And so, um, you know, had it not been for, I think, the overall push finally from, uh, I guess what it turns out to be the sponsors and the other investors that Dan has sold the team to, yeah, um, there wouldn't have been, we would still be Washington Redskins at least for another season. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we, like you said, you touched on earlier, we have, you know, we just have to give this guy a chance now. And in my opinion, you know, I'm just a fan like everyone else, you know, we have to give him a chance. And yeah, he's taken on, he's taken on a lot, but I'd rather someone like him do it than the, you know, and who we had running the ship last season. God, could you imagine if they had been left to do this? My dad, <laughs> you know, I just, I just think what would have happened, you know, but I'm, I'm glad someone, you know, he, Rivera just, he just, he has that authority figure, doesn't he? He just comes across as that. He comes across as that guy that will get stuff done. Yeah, he is. He's very much that guy that gets stuff done. Not only is he, not only is he a, a real field general, but I mean, he's just a, a solidly awesome person. Like when he left, the the city was sad, mm-hmm. and he still comes back and gives back here. I mean, he just sold his house here just a month or two ago, but I mean, he was really big with the Humane Society here. Um, he was really big in the community. He encouraged his players to get in the community and give back. And so there weren't, you know, you name it, you could run into any number of players that were donating their time and their their energy and their money um, to, you know, uh, get involved in the community. And the Panthers themselves under Jerry Richardson weren't necessarily that organization, but with Ron, they were. And um, now with David Tepper, they're definitely so. I mean, David Tepper is the richest owner in the NFL, um, and he's he's willing to buy love, and he's doing it. He's doing a great job um, uh, in that in that respect. But um, it, you you could definitely see Ron, Ron's going to be that guy, and I think you're going to see that kind of emanate through the DC area, where you're going to see a lot more, you know, like more loads of love and stuff like that come out um, as players start to realize that they're this is more than just football. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Maurice, obviously we had Joseph Milk on the um, podcast last week. It was a, it was a real pleasure to talk to Joe. And uh, for those that didn't listen, Joe's like a native American. He's living up on the Pine Ridge Indian um, reservation. I mean, what, you know, and you could hear the passion and the pride of the logo and the team name. So on one hand, we're saying like Jonathan and even myself, you know, I'm happy to move on and, you know, I'm going to go on this ride with the uh, with the with the team, whatever they're called. But Maurice, obviously, you you heard that you know you were on the show with Joe. What do you think's going through like there, like his mind, his head right now, his family, his friends, you know? And he said he he took great pride in our logo and our name. I mean, you're hearing all over social media, all the Native Americans must be really happy now. And you know, I've piped up a few times and sent a few tweets out saying, well, that's not actually the case. I mean, what do you think? Um, obviously, we'll try and get Joseph back on maybe soon just to get his thoughts. But what do you say to Say say to that, Maurice. Well, I'm sure he's very disappointed in the name change, as a lot of people are. Uh, But I think that there's two different vantage points about it, right? So vantage point one, I'm disappointed in the name change. You know, I was connected to the history of the team. But vantage point number two is that, hey, you know, the only constant in the universe is is change. And and I think the points that Jonathan raised earlier were, were valid is that, you know, Let's just face facts. It's like we're, we're living in a society right now where there is a massive movement for zero tolerance for things that are racially insensitive. Like, regardless of how you may personally feel about the Washington Redskins, and you may not think the team name is racist or, or anything, anything of that nature, 
there's a broader movement in society that is saying that we are not going to stand for anything that's racially intolerant. And unfortunately for the Redskins, a large share of the majority population viewed the team as being racially insensitive. And, and you look at FedEx, Pepsi, Nike, and other corporations and sponsors of the Washington Redskins, they weighed in and said that they thought the name was racially insensitive. And they didn't want their co- corporate brands to be affiliated with that. That's why they took the stand they took. And it's unfortunate for folks like Joe who saw themselves in the team. And that's why they connected with the team. And they did not see the racial insensitivity that the larger population saw. But I think at the end of the day, it boils down to dollars and cents. And the Redskins team name was an impediment to future business development, i.e. a new stadium in Washington, D.C., i.e. new sponsorships, i.e. new business opportunities, i.e. the ability to make money. And like I said uh, in an earlier podcast, now that we're dealing with COVID-19 and the uncertainty of this virus and the impact it's having on so many aspects of our economy, you know, the, the these corporations could ill afford to have their brands tarnished by these, the baggage attached to the Washington Redskins. And that's why they made the decision that they made. So it's a complicated situation. And then I also think uh, Jonathan was spot on as far as a lot of the forces that are at play that may be trying to persuade Dan Snyder to sell the team and just have a complete break from the Snyder regime as it it relates to this franchise. So there's a lot of things going on. But I I do sympathize and empathize with with Joe because I, I know I didn't want the team name to change. And I know that he's got to be going through it. So, you know, my thoughts are with him and anybody who's of, of the Native American community who was saddened by the change of the team name. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we've heard, you know, there's been a lot of speculation now that Dan Snyder could, after all this, he could, uh, you know, up and sell up and leave. There's been talk of the guy that owns Amazon, you know, obviously taking, being the head now of the uh, of the Redskins. I mean, Jonathan, coming to you, what what do you think? What do you think along them lines? You know, could Dan Snyder get this name change done and then potentially leave? But then on the flip side, like many people have said, he's not one going to want to go through all of this, then up and leave. He's going to want to see this through now, maybe just to prove a point and say, OK, look, we've done everything you've asked us. We've changed the name. We've changed the logo. They're looking into maybe going back to RFK, which we'll get onto later. I mean, how do you how do you see this playing out a lot in for, for Dan Snyder? So... I think for for Dan Snyder, you know, he wrapped himself in the name. You know, when he first became owner back in 99, he said, I will, you know, I'm never going to change the name. And then ever since, he said, I'm never going to change the name. And if you remember back in May or early June, I think it, I remember seeing a report uh, from NBC, Washington, NBC Sports Washington that he even said, I'm not changing the name. And then all of a sudden it was like almost like hours later it was like well i'm just kidding we're gonna issue a presser saying like you know we're gonna think about it and really what we got this week was we're gonna think about it like we're 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 taking it a little more seriously we didn't get a name we just said it will be retired at some point but they're gonna keep using it until um until a new name is found and so and one of the options that i know that they are that it's been out there is that they may go without a name um, for a time being. And if that does happen, 
I, I kind of believe that this is not that Dan's going to see this through. I think Dan paid $800 million for this team, which was a record at the time. Cause if you remember back, the Cleveland Browns had just like just sold um, at the same time that the Redskins did. And um, the Redskins blew the Cleveland Browns out the water. And, you're seeing a team that's probably even without a name, even with a stadium deal, you know, in flux, probably still worth at least three billion, maybe four billion dollars. And so, if you could turn your eight hundred, and I'll grant you only with sixty percent of that, but if you're going to turn your eight hundred million into like a few billion dollars, and then you don't have to deal with this stuff anymore, which you know he's not comfortable being in public, he's not comfortable getting in front of the mic, he's not comfortable with a lot of it. Uh, why wouldn't you do that? And and I. And I tend to believe kind of seeing what we're seeing this week, you know, you saw a couple uh, pro personnel people fired and then it kind of leaked out like, well, maybe it wasn't for stuff that, that they did on the field, uh, you know, as it were. Um, and then you, you, you see this name reluctantly. There's a, you know, I, I definitely got the sense from the presser that it was like a little reluctance there that this is like, I'm setting myself up. I'm going to sell this thing. I'm going to make my money because even like I know you saw uh, the probably the quotes from the mayor, uh, Muriel Bowser. I did. And so even then, even before all this, she was still kind of like, yeah, we want you in D.C., but you haven't really done anything um, to, you know, talk about what we want to do, what our next steps were. Uh, Eleanor Holmes Norton, the nun. Um, voting member of Congress for the district has, you know, said, hey, we'll, we'll put a, a bill in Congress to get that land transferred from the National Park Service, you know, into D.C. hands and let them decide if you do this, if you do this step. Um, but I kind of feel like that there is like another like the, this wasn't going to be the 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 linchpin that I think some made this out to be that it was going to be like, OK, change the name and now you get everything you want. And I think he realizes that. And um, what do you think we have to do to say, obviously, now that everyone's thinking, right, we've changed the name, you know, let's get back to DC. But obviously, it's not. Like um, we said on last week's podcast, Dan Snyder is not a liked man in Washington. No, you know, he, not at all. He, there's, you know, there's a lot of federal and there's a lot of really, really important people that don't like him. You know what I mean? I mean, what what do you think we have to do as an organization? You know, how much arse are we going to have to kiss to get back to say we'll say for the RFK site for argument's sake? How much arse are we going to have to kiss to get back there? Well, see, the thing is with RFK, it, it, it's completely RFK. I think is, is his own problem because not only do you have you know the the site itself, which you know has to be remediated. Um, it, it's going to be the sheer cost of it, and who's going to pay for it? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the district. Uh, can pay for it even though that their tax base is like you know they pay more in and taxes than i think like two-thirds of or the bottom third of states you know uh they contribute the, the more amount of uh, tax money but i don't know that they've got the money and so you know what your new owner is going to want is they're going to want a stadium that somebody paid for and even dan came out and said hey look if you give me a, a gaming license in maryland you know i'll build the stadium i don't know how he's going to do that Um, but uh, so I I think for this, it comes down to, uh, you know, it, it really does require an act of Congress. And then once it's there, you, once Congress says, yeah, this can go back into the hands of the district, this, this parkland, um, you know, the, 
the mayor wants to see a ballpark village, but not just that. I mean, it needs to have affordable housing. It needs to have, um, you know, a significant aspect for the community so that it's not like it is today where, you know, unless it's a game day, the thing is dead and like a blight on the community. It's a beautiful piece of property right there on the river. I mean, it really could be amazing if you do it right. Um, and it can be right because they want, you know, they would love to see the Olympics come to D.C. And, mm-hmm. you know, you take advantage of all the stadiums around and you could really have kind of a, a cool, um, you know, uh, environment there. So I think it's going to be a matter of you have a game plan in place and the financing in place. And I and and while he could while Dan could very well go out and and get those folks to come alongside him, uh, like I think any major CEO does, he may just not have a heart for it. And he may just look at it and go, I can get my money now and and go to my yacht and go live in the Bahamas or go live overseas. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm Dan Snyder, I think I'd probably take that deal too. Mm-hmm. Um, because I could still cheer my team from my yacht and I'm going to have $3 billion in the bank and I can look pretty good on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Wow. <laughs> definitely look very good on that. Um, Maurice, and, you, and you know, too, and just one other point yeah, you know on, too, yep. is that, and just think about it, like the person that buys this team is not, unfortunately not going to be a fan of whatever this team was going to be, mm-hmm. right? If you are somebody who can afford $4 billion or $3 billion, you're likely not in the DC Metro, unless your name is Jeff Bezos. Um, And, and so, and this is what you saw with the Carolina Panthers sale. Remember this was um, racism and sexual improprieties uh, from, or or, uh, uh, sexual misconduct from Jerry Richardson, the owner. He, he was always NFL first. This is why the NFL logo was on the center field of bank of America Mm -hmm. stadium. So he decided at that point, I'm going to, I'm going to sell when he sold Mm -hmm. Dave Tepper was a a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So he had no ties to the community, no ties to the team. In fact, the team is kind of, I guess you could say it was it's like a semi-rival because there's a lot of uh, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fans here in the area. Um, and so you, you had this guy come into the market. You're going to have that same person there. And so as far as, it, you know, setting yourself up to, to you know, you kind of like you're preparing your house for sale. I kind of think this is, you know, it, to me, it starts to kind of feel that way. And and I could just be completely by myself, but kind of think this is where this is heading for. Yeah. Uh, we're going to see him go, sure, this is it. Um, you know, the, the pieces are lining up so that somebody with a whole lot of money, mm-hmm. probably named Bezos, can come in and make us the Washington Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> We're going to be the richest team in the NFL. <laughs> show you, I'll show you, Dave Tepper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just put us in the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maurice, what do you no, want to see? What do you want to see happen next? I mean, what, what if you know if you're the perfect scenario for you? Obviously, we're all fans here, just talking about obviously what's happened the last 24 hours. Ideally, what you obviously we've got the trademark issues now. We've got the gentleman that come out uh, yesterday and said he owns all the trademark issues and he's happy to give them to the Redskins for free, which I beggars believe why he bought them all in the first place. Right. I mean, right. W- what do you want to see happen? Uh, you know. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my my simple goals. Just come up with a name and a logo that is hot like fire. 
let me give me something as a fan that's going to make me want to spend my money again, right? So, I mean, and you know, I want to see a really new, modern, slick uniform. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, I look at the stuff that Nike has done for the University of Oregon or uh, look at like the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, I think they have a, a really, really great uniform. Um, I'm trying to think of other teams that have really, really good uniforms. I mean, something that's kind of like, wow, this pops. I want to, I want to be a part of this, this new movement, you know, sell me on being a, a Redskins. I mean, a, a, a new Washington football team fan, like whatever it, it is. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, and, and let's get back to winning football. Like, cause I think, I think what Jonathan said earlier, winning cures everything. Like if we, you know, we go into some playoff runs, you know, we win some division titles, you know, you get a whole, you get that casual fan to lock in. I mean, because again, I didn't become a fan of the Redskins until they won their first Super Bowl. I literally watched the first time I had anything to do with the Washington Redskins when I was 11 years old and they played in Super Bowl 17 and they won. And that locked me in for uh, the next 37 years. So right now there's an 11 year old boy, an 11 year old girl that will make that decision based off of whatever they see on television with the Washington Redskins. And I think that's the first thing. And then I think the, the more complex thing is, I think like Jonathan was saying is that there's a, there is a lot of opportunity, not only to rename the team and build the stadium, but there's a lot of economic opportunity that could really, you know, be impactful to the capital region, um, impactful as far as supporting issues around uh, social justice or the environment. You know, so there's a lot of things that this team can become that could be even bigger and greater than what they are now. So I don't think we should run away from that opportunity uh, with the the new brand because this is a, a rebrand effort, right? So, and I think what, what Jonathan is saying is really spot on as it relates to Dan Snyder because, I mean, as, as much as he's invested in the rebrand, that rebrand is going to be commensurate to what he potentially could make if he sells the team. So, I mean, you, and you're seeing NFL teams. I mean, how many NFL teams change their uniforms this year? Like the Browns change their uniforms. Every year. Falcons, Browns change their uniform yeah. every year. Different shade of brown. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Falcons change their uniforms. The Chargers change their uniforms. The Rams change their uniforms. The Buccaneers change their uniforms. So everybody is modernizing their teams. You know, new stadiums, new uniforms. I mean, you look at look at the stadium with the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, that yeah. thing. I mean, they call it the Death Star. It looks like something that sh- it should be out of Star Wars. It looks like an Imperial base. Like so, that's the kind of stadium that fans and corporations want to be affiliated with. And just the and this whether we like it or not, the Redskins name was holding the Redskins back to really being a modern NFL franchise. I mean, even our uniforms, there were I saw so many reports of people saying that we needed to modernize our uniforms. I mean, we hadn't done anything new with the Redskins uniforms for almost 40 years. No color so, rush. Like what what yeah. a missed opportunity. Now, granted, that yeah. all mustard I thought was kind of gross. Yeah. But the fact we couldn't even do a color rush was, you know, definitely yeah. being held back by by Bruce Allen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, it's, it's quite interesting. You said there, Maurice, you started supporting the Redskins uh, when they started winning. I think I got it the wrong the wrong way around. I, like, <laughs> I started it in like 99, 2000. I haven't seen, us do, I haven't seen us do anything. 
So I'm right. praying for winning football. I, you know, I keep saying to my uh, to my friends every year. I said, "This is the January I go out to DC and watch us play in a playoff." Well, see, this yeah, is the thing. Or, or this is the February I go and watch us play in a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? It's, hey, I don't go crazy now. Ending in December <laughs> or the first week of January. But Andy, I, I think you're it. Like, if if you're of a certain age, like if if you're under thirty, the best you've ever seen the Redskins were maybe a glimpse of Sean Taylor, most likely in just a YouTube clip and RG three. And then the one year that Kirk cousins kind of got us to the, uh, we won the uh, NFC East and then got blown out the week, the next week. Like that's it. And you know, I'm, I'll be 40 next year. And so, you you know, I I can remember the Super Bowls, uh, at least two Mm -hmm. of them. Um, but you know, you don't build much of a fan base for very long. If you have only fans that can only look back at YouTube clips and all the folks that we tell you about are, are, you know, the legacy and everything like that are, are so far gone. You can't even think of it. Like, you know, it's, it's history to them. It's, it's classic music to them. Uh, I, I thought it was really telling when, when Ron was introduced, um, in, uh, January, that there, the three Super Bowl trophies were not on the table at that presser. And that has always been the case. They'd always brought out the trophies and look at what we've done. And here's everybody with the Super Bowl rings. That wasn't the case. And and I appreciate that. Uh, I think that says a lot about the change in culture that for so long, and I guess to their credit, I mean, this is how you keep things going, but, you know, you you've, they've they've pushed their um you know they've sold their history for so long that mm-hmm. you know it it's all it was you know it was yeah. only history and now it's time to kind of write a new chapter in this book and so maybe this is what kind of gets everybody over the hurdle you know you don't have a offensive lineman trying to be the hogs you don't have the mm-hmm. uh the wide receivers trying to be the pearl harbor crew you know you you you've got um you know so many folks now who can establish their own identity be their own person and go out and just play solid football and i tell you the way this team looks like it's shaping up at least on defense it's going to be like nasty and i'm i'm here for it i'm here for that yeah i mean these players now they're gonna they're gonna create history no matter what they're gonna be the absolutely your first first team guys yeah Mm. as you know red tails warriors you know washington fc whatever we're called these guys are now going to go down in history, you know, for the right or wrong reasons. It's obviously, everyone's arguing about the name change for better or for worse. But people like Dwayne Haskins, Chase Young, you know, they couldn't have come into the franchise at a better time. Haskins is going to get his first full season. Chase Young's going to be unleashed on the league, and he's going to, you know, he's going to be a he's going to be a really, really good player, you know. So these guys are these guys are going to be part of something big, hopefully. Absolutely, you know, I, and I, and it's going to be, you know, the the Redskins in the NFC East. It was like it was the Redskins. It was the Giants later in the uh, you know in the early '90s. It was the Giants in the late '80s. Uh, the Cowboys were kind of always middling there, and the Eagles were kind of like your dumpster team. And yeah. so it, it, you know in the early '80s, the Eagles were good for like a hot minute, but then they just went back on the dumpster, and they stay that way, and that they should go back there. But <laughs> for you know the Redskins need to get out of the basement. They've they've lived in the basement for twenty years, and I'm tired of losing every you know Monday night football game and every Sunday night. And my fans are like we yeah. we get together every Sunday, 
So our, our deal is we, we meet at a bar. We, at, we meet over at uh, Dale Jr.'s uh, bar here in Charlotte, and uh, we watch the game, and we have a great time. We, we get and we drink a lot. Uh, I'll just say it. Well, Wednesday, I'm, I'm there. I'm exactly. I'm there. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we have a great time. We sing the song, and I'm going to miss the song uh, because modern fight songs are horrible. Um, but we, you know, this has been our thing. I mean, I've been, I've been doing this part of it for 10 years and I love it. I, I, I live every week to get to Sunday to go see my guys. My friends are the friends we've met during this, um, you know, th- through all this. And, um, but you know, we're going to go through this next chapter together. So, uh, yeah, come on down. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll have a great time. Uh, we'll, we'll get... tell you, my friend, I, we, us, you know, us Brits, we like a drink. So you won't have to ask me twice. Andy, I actually went to the, uh, the, uh, Redskins Panthers game last season and, and I, I can speak on behalf of Jonathan. It is an amazing time with everything they're doing down there. And ironically, ironically, that will be the last game that I will have ever watched as the Washington Redskins. Like that's, so that's true. I mean, everything comes full circle, but they do, I mean, they do a great, a great um, event down there. Jonathan, you and you guys did an amazing time. And, and Jonathan has developed a wonderful relationship with the Redskins. I mean, just all the good things that they provided. It was, you know, it was great to come down there and see the rescue and sweet team banners hanging up and everything like that. So um, we went out with a bang. We <laughs> did. We yeah. I mean, <laughs> I was, um, obviously I was lucky enough to have Doc Walker on the show and um, he mentioned yeah. like the rallies and obviously I was lucky enough to be at the one in uh, London. I'm quite proud of the fact that Doc Walker said that's the best rally he's ever been to. Oh, wow. Which, uh, you know, that made me quite proud, but you touched yeah. it there, Jonathan, obviously tell us about how you set up, you know, the Charlotte Redskins fans, obviously, you mentioned it there where you meet. It's pretty similar to the Tweet team, like you guys mentioned there. I've probably made some of my uh, some of my closest and best friends through the Tweet team. You know, I speak to Maurice all the time, Crystal, Kelly, JD, Liz, Pete, Jay. There's so many that I could go on that are really, really not just like, you know, you have casual acquaintances. But these guys are really my true friends. So explain to us about the Charlotte Redskins, how you set it up, why you set it up and what you guys do. Sure. Well, I moved to Charlotte from the DC area in 2006. And I, and the one thing that I had missed was the Redskins. Like when I lived, uh, when I lived up there, um, every Monday night, all my friends, uh, and that lived in the neighborhood, we all just became, you know, all the guys in the neighborhood became fast friends. And so we would get together every Monday night. We'd go to somebody's garage. We'd bring a bunch of beer. We'd bring some sort of snack and we'd watch whatever was Monday night football. And then it, it morphed into Sunday. We would watch the Redskins. Um, I had season tickets for a few years. And so I, we would go to the games. And that was uh, during Joe Gibbs uh, 2.0. I had season tickets. And so I, I, I loved going to these games and just seeing what everything was on about. Um, and so when I moved down here, I was missing a part of that. And there was an existing um, group of people that were meeting. And it just so happened that um, at – the time that I started uh, getting kind of clued into it, the restaurant where they were meeting was closing and the team was not really kind of organized very well. So I kind of said, well, you know what, let me go ahead and throw this together. And as a result, um, we started at a small bar um, here in Charlotte, just threw it out there on Facebook. Hey, if you're Redskins fans, come on. And um, it grew to now, you know, we're over at Whiskey River is a, 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 like a, uh, nightclub uh, for most for all intents and purposes it's a bar and a nightclub and everything like that um, 
And so we we've been meeting there for years. We've been we've held our second rally because the Redskins don't come play in, in Charlotte very often, unfortunately. Um, but we have we halted our second rally this year. Um, it is always a great time just because it's it's like a, a something that feels you feel connected with people that are like you. And so I always tell folks, you could sit at home and yeah, you can get the Sunday ticket. You can sit at home. You can yell at the TV, or you come here and you could drink and you could yell with each one of us and you can cry with each one of us, or and you can you know, sing hill to the Redskins when they score a touchdown. You can do shots with us every time they they do something good, um, and or you can sit at home. And which, which is your choice? And inevitably, people love coming and hanging out with us um, because it's just it's a good experience. And there are a lot of these kind of fan clubs here in town. You know, if you're a, a fan of a, uh, a college team or even some other professional teams, we've been around kind of one of the longest. And I, I love what we do. Um, I I don't know what this year is going to look like for us. I think everybody's, you know, it, it depends on, you know, what our schedule for the NFL looks like to see if we'll be doing our events this year and, and if we can do it safely. But as soon as we are able to do it safely, I'm going to be out there in whatever uniform, whatever jersey we have. Um you know, firing everybody back up again because this is kind of my way of feeling connected to the team that I love. Yeah, I mean, you had me sold on shots when we do something good. I, Absolutely, I, I, and sometimes I, bad. You know, I'm I'm, I'm, book, I'm booking a plane ticket. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, that's it's kind of like the tweet team. I mean, that's that's what I get. I'm obviously, I've come over to the states a fair few times now, and we all meet up, and you know, we've gone to the Thaisman restaurant, and it, you know, it sounds like you guys are, are doing a really, really good thing down there, and uh, you know. Hopefully that you know you still have the same set of fans that come and hang out with you in bars and watch Redskins game and that's you know that's what let's not forget that you know what I mean no matter what we're called we're still going to have that with our fellow fans we're still going to be able to go to bars we're still going to be able to enjoy our Sundays and you know yes the name's gone but we are we're going to be starting something new now and like what you guys do down in Charlotte sounds absolutely amazing and I, obviously I wish you all the best for the forthcoming season. Um, yeah, thank you. Maurice, um, come out and both of you, obviously, Jonathan, before we wrap up this little bit of the conversation, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you guys one question. It's going to be quite hard to answer maybe with uh, one with one answer. I mean, Maurice, I'll come to you first. Obviously, now with the Redskins name gone, what is your fondest memory as a Washington Redskins fan? Oh, wow. Uh, I'll just say two real quick off the top of my head. Uh, I would say one of my fondest memories was the punt return that Daryl Green ran back for a touchdown against the Chicago Bears uh, when the Redskins played in the um, divisional playoffs. Um, I think it was 1987 when the Bears were the defending Super Bowl champions. So I, I think that a lot of Redskins fans get caught up in the Super Bowl wins, but I just seeing just the Redskins impose their will against the defending Super Bowl champions at home and moved on to I mean, play the Giants, lose the NFC Championship. But that game and that play got me. And then, of course, Super Bowl twenty-two. you know, being uh, African-American and seeing Doug Williams, you know, be the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl and become Super Bowl MVP. And and just that second quarter, I mean, probably one of the most masterful displays of quarterback quarterback excellence that we've seen in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, so I think those would be my two fondest memories as as a Redskins fan. 
Wow, what about you, Jonathan, my friend? What's your what's your fondest memories as we say goodbye to the Redskins, unfortunately, or fortunately as some people might say? What's your what's your fondest memory of being a Washington Redskins fan, mate? So two memories, both involve the Cowboys. Uh, first was in, I, I think it was 2005. It was the second year of Joe Gibbs, the one where we were going to the playoffs uh, for the first time. And I was, uh, it, it was a game at home versus the Cowboys. Uh, Bill Parcells, I think, was the coach then. I mean, they, they were just awful and they were out of it. And Gibbs decided to just just beat this team down at home in December. And so it was my myself and my my longtime best friend. Uh, we're sitting up there in, in the 300 section. And every time the team uh, it, it, every time the team did something, somebody was buying a round of beers, except for like there was a couple Cowboys fans in our section. Nobody could bought them anything. Like Good. they were just, they were dead to everybody. Um, <laughs> but whoever was running the sound of that game, it, they were playing rock and roll number five. And uh, so that da 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 da, hey! And so every time they would end with the hey, the whole stadium. And I mean, and FedEx has rarely sounded like this, but everybody would yell, "You suck!" And it was eighty thousand fans just drowning out everybody, and it was like the coolest experience. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I remember I went to uh, my first game was Redskins versus Browns in RFK, and I remember the stadium kind of rocking when I was a kid then. And seeing this as kind of like a young adult, like this is what it's like to be like on a winning side of things. It felt mm-hmm. so good. And then my second was RG3's rookie year Thanksgiving. My uh, a lot of my family members, unfortunately, are Cowboys fans. And so we would get together and, you know, it would go poorly um, as a kid. You know, they would kind of like to flex on the fact that the Redskins could never beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And so I wore a nice sweater, you know, like I was dressed for church. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, you remember how that game started? You know, it was like, okay, the Redskins kind of got up a little bit and you're going, okay, uh, we're kind of feeling ourselves, you know, but it's, it's early. We could still lose it. And so I remember about halftime things are kind of, uh, you know, uh, RG3 was starting to, to, you know, he was starting to flex. And then all of a sudden, I think it was that pass to like Aldrick Robinson where he was just like, Mm -hmm. you know, he had that, 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 his arm is like a howitzer. He just bombed it down the field to Aldrick Robinson. Touchdown. I took that sweater off and I had my big <laughs> Dallas t-shirt on. And I just sat there real quietly and just let them kind of soak it up. You know, like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And and mm-hmm. just that feeling of we are we're better than you. Like mm-hmm. you and, and I really thought at that time, like, okay, this is it. This is the next, this is this is the next generation of the Redskins. Like this is Redskins 2.0. This is going to be, we have the better quarterback than you. We're playing with a bunch of random players and we're just beating the, it. We're beating you to into submission. The Cowboys mm-hmm. have nothing for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lasts a whole of one season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of one season. Oh, guys, honestly, it's, it's good to hear them stories. And like you guys have touched on Jonathan, you mentioned it, Maurice. Obviously, we're now going to hopefully go and create a new history. And hopefully, you know, I hope I get to see some of the moments. I hope you guys get to see some of the moments when you go to the stadium. Obviously, when you're down there in Charlotte in the bars. I mean, you know, let's just keep this rolling. You know, it's not all doom yeah. and gloom. Yes, the name's gone. Um, yeah. But we, we've got so much hope. We've got a really, really good coach. We've got a great quarterback. Like I say, defensive side of the ball, we look unbelievable. Offensive side of the ball, 
you know, we've got Scary Terry, and I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna surprise a, a few teams this season. You know, we've got, we've got nothing to lose now. They're, they're trying to take everything from us. Let's just go out there and play some football and win some games. Yeah. And Andy, um, before we uh, jump off the phone, I mean, one of the things that I wanted to say is that once the the team name is changed uh, to whatever it is, then that'll be our designation. So it'll be if it's the Warriors Tweet Team and the Red Wolves Tweet Team and a Red Tails Tweet Team. We're just waiting to see what the team comes up with before we make our change. But until then, we'll still be the Redskins tweet team. So once you don't the want team to be the changes, you don't want to be the fighting okra. The fighting okra. No, no. The Delta State well, fighting okra. The fighting, the, you know, the fighting okra tree team. That's going to really flow off the top. It really oh, gets wow. you going, right? Yeah, yeah you're yeah, a, yeah. you're angry vegetable that nobody really likes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I, <laughs> It yeah, is, wow. um, yeah, you know, it, it's a new chapter, but I think it's a good chapter. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Jonathan, you mentioned there that I thought most of your families are Cowboys fans. I bet weddings and parties are interesting when you have a few beers and uh, you get you get talking about football. Oh, of course. See, here's the thing is, like, they're just as bad as we are, if you think about it, the last few yeah. years. Like, you know, they're just as inept. You know, if 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 one of these, if any of the four, except for the, the, the Giants and now the Eagles can finally, you know, they, they have a little bit going, but – you know, the Cowboys have been – and they're getting ready to be in salary cap hell with mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. Um, and so, yeah, it, it gets a little interesting because I think that – well, there hasn't been – I agree with Doc Walker saying, look, there's not a rivalry anymore because they just beat us into submission so many times. Like, it's not even fun. And mm-hmm. this is the chance to hit reset on that. This is a yeah. chance to come back and go, okay, no, no, we're we're gonna show you that we are a new team. We're an all new team. Um, that can that we can hit reset on some of these. We can go out, we can win, we can establish a winning culture. And uh yeah, and I'm excited to see what that what comes of this. I, I'm still cautiously optimistic that this year is really gonna be anything. N- nothing to do with the Redskins or the coach or anything like that. I just I, I don't see how these guys are going to be able to pull off a full season of football with COVID. Like it, it just yeah. seems really kind of confusing how, you know, if, if a player has to get like, what happens if, if we're in November and you're getting ready to play a stretch where you've got to play the giants, the, the, the giants, the Eagles and the Cowboys and your quarterback gets COVID and has to sit out. Like that's a distinct disadvantage. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of, I think for me this year is just going to be a, if we get whatever, it's going to be good. I'm going to celebrate everything that happens and we're looking forward to, I hate to say I'm looking forward to 2021, but it kind of it because I don't yeah, know. I mean, Doc really... was on the show. Doc was on the show last week and he was, he kind of made the same point you just made Jonathan. Um, he was like, look, we're struggling to get the NBA started. No. You know, yeah. how, how, how on earth are the NFL? I mean, he, he was adamant. I was like, do you think there'll be a season? He was like, I will be amazed if there's a football season. I mean, I put a poll on my Twitter halfway through the week and I think it was 58% people. I think no, no won the vote. Saying that there was yeah. a, that there wouldn't be a football season. Everyone's like, they, no, they're going to try. They're going to try. Yeah. But like you said, if someone tests, if you know, if God forbid, touch wood, it doesn't happen. If Dwayne Haskins tested positive for COVID nineteen, or you know, it just takes one player, and that will spread like wildfire around the locker room. You know, so 
let's hope we get a season, guys, and um, you know, hope we're moving on to bigger and better things. Um, just a quick mention while we're here. Obviously, um, we are, you know, we're at the Redskins Tweak Team podcast, but make sure you guys go and check out Carl and the guys over at the Burgundy Zone. They do a great job. They're always uh, using the hashtag Redskins Tweak Team. You got people over at like my mate Rodney over at Redskins Addicts. He's always mentioning us on his podcast. So please go and check out the uh, the Redskins Addicts. Um, they do a really good job. But obviously, from us, I mean. We'll still keep going, like Maurice said, until they change the name. We are the Redskins Tweak Team, and uh, it's, it's, it's a true honour to do things like this podcast. Gentlemen, I really, um, I'm really grateful that you took the time to talk to me today. Um, Jonathan, hopefully if we do get a season, my friend, I want to get you back on. I want to hear more about you guys down in Charlotte having a drink and a good time. And um, 2021, my friend, I'm going to put it on my list. I will come out and join you for a beer or, or six. Yeah, there you go. At least a dozen. <laughs> no worries. Maurice, thanks as always, my friend. I'll talk to you guys soon. All right, take care. Thanks a Thank lot. Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye. All right. Bye-bye.